0: Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship and dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple podcast. My name is James Johnson and I am here as always with Nick Houston, Executive Director at Northside
1: Methodist Church. Nick, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. We are actually recording this on Monday. We are. We haven't haven't done that in quite a while. always block out time on Monday, but usually it gets moved to (laughs) Thursday. Exactly.
0: And then it's the end of the week, and maybe sometimes we're in a good mood, and maybe sometimes we're not. So it's just a roll
1: of the dice. But yeah, I feel pretty good. Well, it it came together today, partly. I mean, the last three, four, five, six weeks, um, crazy time of the year for me and getting stuff Stewardship and the budget and it's the most wonderful oh my gosh, time of the Charge conference reports and nominations. Year. Yeah, it, it is it is crowded. But It is a couple
0: months of just go, 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 go for you, huh?
1: Today, I've got time on Monday. All right. Well, that's great.
0: I'm really excited. It's like right behind you are 18 boxes of our Advent devotional. Uh, that will be going out on November 21st, I believe, Sunday, November 21st, so by the time you hear this, it should be out,
1: Uh Um, uh
0: and uh, it's called Kingdom Promised, and it's going to be an interesting uh, dive into some stories that we don't typically look at uh, during the season of Advent, like Uh, joshua judges yeah
1: you got old testament on it i
0: did i did i'm trying to fill out the rest of the story that we started with the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore last year right right so uh, i'm excited about that um but those will be out on november 21st sunday you can pick up a copy they are absolutely free uh here at Northside church (laughs) we gotta get some sound effects on this (laughs) that's what the podcast is missing (laughs) yeah we are coming down to the close of the year uh nicholas and that means the big holidays are coming up Uh, we just passed halloween and now next week already already it's going to be thanksgiving it's already thanksgiving 2021 Mm -hmm. like remember when we were all saying like man 2020 is going to be a long and difficult year and here we are at the end of 2021
1: 2020 did feel like it just kind of dragged on then, 2021 has just like, flashed by it has and thank you, god because we're still in this stupid pandemic we are we are but it's starting to
0: hopefully move I mean, we've been saying this for months who knows yeah you know well, we're just, let's just embrace it this i'm a, real pessimistic
1: <laughs> I, you know after the surge last year yeah. after holidays i'm like yeah, yeah. so yeah, it know. finally simmered down and it feels pretty good but here comes thanksgiving here and comes. then christmas
0: So Thanksgiving's next week. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, big traditions uh, within the stories, you know, within, the, within our family stories, within mm-hmm. our whatever. What do you guys do for Thanksgiving?
1: Oh, Thanksgiving. We alternate year by year, her you side got of the family, family. And my side of the family for Thanksgiving day. Okay. That was negotiated long ago. It was in the prenup. Yeah, it was <laughs> practically. Um, if there was anything else to fight over. Um, <laughs> there's still nothing to fight over. <laughs> Who gets the Tupperware? Who gets Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> right, right. Um, what are you guys so doing this year? This year, it's at my parents' on Thanksgiving Day. Okay, and where's that at? McDonough, Georgia. I thought you were going to so, McDonald's. I was like, what? No, yeah, so we just go down for the day and come back. Okay. Brother, oh, so, yeah, my two brothers and their spouses and kids and okay. my sister will all get together for that. So it's just a day trip. Yeah, pretty easy one. I um, I don't have a lot of Thanksgiving traditions uh
0: as far as things that I practice right now. I, I watch Cowboys at 430, you know, yep, and yep, I watch yep. Santa Claus at the end of the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I have to eat some sweet potatoes at some point. <laughs> those are the three things. I like, do those three things. I'm happy. doesn't matter what else happens on that day. Um, but when I was a kid, it was a big deal. It was like this is the beginning of the Christmas season. You know, this all yeah. me and my cousins and my brothers, and we all come together at my grandmother's house, and and it was more of like a week long uh, festival of Thanksgiving. Right, oh. you had the you had the lunch or the dinner at two o'clock right. on Thanksgiving Day, right before the Cowboys game. And then, uh, you know, play during the Lions game because nobody really cares about the Lions. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was their tradition we had forever. But when my grandmother passed, kind of everybody went their own way and, mm-hmm. and really haven't had much of a tradition in the almost 20 years now uh, since that happened. So um, I'm not sure what I'm doing this year. I've, I've gotten multiple invites to go different places and hang out with certain people. My My daughter is headed out to the beach. Because she lives a, a better life than I do, at wow. a higher level. That's a pretty, yeah, a pretty
1: nice way to do Thanksgiving on yeah, the beach. I know,
0: right? It's not too bad. But uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. i have been, uh, I'm been waiting for our Christmas season to get
1: kicked off, and Thanksgiving's, you know, that that day when I am it usually a, um, you know, I want to observe each holiday, give it its due. Sure, I yeah, would yeah. wait until after rush. Thanksgiving right. to decorate for Christmas. My wife has strong convictions about decorating for Halloween, and we have Halloween and then decorating for Thanksgiving and then decorating for Christmas. the kids on time um, right The kids started listening to Christmas music the November the first <laughs> <laughs> and actually went into the basement and busted out some of the decorations and put them around the house um the day after Halloween, really wow. and Kate was like, "Oh, that's so cute. Put it away <laughs> um because we're doing Thanksgiving first. That's a, you know, um,
0: one of the things I think I developed in my head uh, a while back is that Halloween marks the end of like uh, what we might call secular ordinary time. And and you have this moment on November 1st, from November 1st to Thanksgiving Day, you have what I call preseason Christmas, like Christmas preseason. right OK, so okay. you can listen to a little bit of Christmas music. You can watch some of the more like Christmas adjacent movies and films that have something to do with Christmas, but aren't necessarily Christmas films. Uh, but you, you're just kind of building up the tension or building up the, the anticipation for the Christmas, for Christmas season, which happens as soon as Santa Claus appears and Macy's Thanksgiving
1: Day mm-hmm, Parade. Mm-hmm. That's the kickoff of Christmas season for me. Always has been. See, I'm going to be tempted to maybe put the Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving. You guys have a, a artificial? We do, but we'll get a real one too. Oh, that's so You do the double Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if Kate's going to actually let me do that or not. Really? Okay. So, but I don't so want to because in the we'll house see, household. See, here's the here's the thing. Her family will come over for Thanksgiving the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and I don't know if she wants it to be Christmas already. Oh, right. Because for her, it won't it, it won't be Thanksgiving be there. Yet. Yeah, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. But if we don't go ahead and do it while I'm off work for that week, then it ain't gonna get done. It's gonna get a lot harder to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But if I put that dang tree up the Sunday, Saturday before Christmas, or even the Monday or Tuesday, I mean, before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Then I could take my time to decorate it. I wouldn't have to be so mad. There you go. It's always my job to wrap the lights on the tree. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a terrible job. It's a terrible job. You get cut up. And sappy. And and, and sappy. and, and a lot sappy. You never do it like, you never do it evenly and you have to go back and fix something it's really irritating and then i'm at a place where i just get mad and throw away lights (laughs) oh yes so i wanted to revisit this because we talked about this last year we were talking about christmas now we're not even talking about thanksgiving but but that's part of the thanksgiving tradition is preparing for christmas
0: so while we're on the topic then i remember last year you said uh we hit on our thanksgiving episode last year maybe it was our post-christmas episode i don't remember but uh, I remember you like walled. You said you just like wadded up your lights and threw them
1: away, or you kept them on the tree when you burned it, or what'd you do? Like there was something you did with your Christmas lights for your tree. Oh, I did just straight up throw some away. Okay, right. um, but I did take them off the tree and okay. put the tree at the bottom of the brush pile. Okay, and uh, good kindling right there. Lit up that bonfire with no problem. <laughs> oh man, I, I remember there was a debate
0: as to whether or not you were just gonna leave them on, just throw the whole thing. I was real tempted. <laughs>
1: oh man, that's funny. Um, so what kind of, what what's the menu look like for Thanksgiving for you guys? This tradition, I think, how many, how many years in a row do you need to do something for it to become a tradition? I think two or three. I don't know. So this will be going on the third. Okay. So tradition. We'll I'm say f- three I'm times. frying a turkey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, because Kate started hosting her family at our house. Okay. And so I will fry a turkey and I. I love it yeah okay there's a little bit of danger involved right this is the number one way in which houses are burned down in america it's deep frying a turkey you are absolutely (laughs) risking bodily injury (laughs) and i'm pumped (laughs) the first year i did it i did not follow the guidelines on the outside of the turkey frying pot that said do not fill above this line yeah because my turkey did not look like it would be covered yeah because i did a test dip put some more oil in it and then heated it up My turkey was well thawed, so I did not do the turkey cannon situation. Right. Well, that's good. But I did have a geyser of hot grease shooting out the butt into this turkey after (laughs) I lowered it into the thing because I filled it up too high and it sprayed (laughs) over the side of the pot. Uh, That felt dangerous. That was the first year. (laughs) Avoided that. Okay, good. The the next year. And this year? And this year I'm I'm looking for it to be perfect. All right. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. uh, what else do you have going on as far as like? Do you have things you have to have? I mean, stuffing and uh, potatoes. Gotta and have cornbread dressing.
1: Cornbread dressing. I've never had yeah. Cornbread. I've had cornbread. If you've had Thanksgiving before. in the South, I bet you have. Okay. All right. All right. But cornbread dressing as opposed to a stuffing. Okay. Um. I usually just get like the stove top stuffing. That's probably not. Yeah, that's not. That's not good. Why are you doing that with your life? Kate's grandmother was Canadian, and so her mom will make a Canadian stuffing. The basis of it is white bread. Okay. Um, I think I've seen that before. And so it's I don't we call it a Canadian stuff dressing. They probably just call it dressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not southern cornbread dressing. Right, so right, 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 you know right. it's a whole different category for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm like I said. I, sweet potatoes are my one thing I gotta have. I, mean, I like the stuffing, I like gravy on everything, mm-hmm. and a turkey leg. I like the legs. I like dark meat. So.
1: Oh no, I stick with the white meat. Dad. Uh, dad will fry turkey too when we go to okay. their house. Um Last year, turkey. mom decided. Uh, you know why not have lobster tail <laughs> i mean why not why not like <laughs> they it's call that, thanksgiving that's, that's called main turkey. <laughs> so we're really getting in touch with the bounty of thanksgiving
0: <laughs> a cornucopia if you will yeah <laughs> that's pretty cool you know when we were kids uh thanksgiving's a big deal you know it's oh, i guess it was like was it abraham lincoln the that instituted Thanksgiving as the, as a national holiday. Um, oh, I thought it was the pilgrims. <laughs> well, you know, we have that story. Yeah, sure, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, but anyway, National Day of Thanksgiving is where this comes from. And, uh, you know, so what I guess uh, that's it's a it's a secular holiday, but in a national holiday, but Thanksgiving in general is is a Christian virtue or a Christian practice.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so I thought maybe we'd spend some time today talking about what Thanksgiving uh as 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 a day sure but also as a as a christian practice like what does it mean to give thanks and 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 then spend some time after that spend some time th- talking about what we've been thankful for over the past year hmm. so what is what does it mean
1: to give thanks i think it is a recognition that you have not provided for yourself Ooh, okay say more about that what do you mean um Thanksgiving is about recognizing that God provides for us, Okay. that everything that we have comes from God. And so whether that that is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or a (laughs) car to drive, a bed to sleep in, good health, that um, financial resources, that all of that
0: comes from God. So at the heart of thankfulness then is this kind of um, uh, humility. It's just kind of, yes. yeah, right? So, mm-hmm. so we, we have to acknowledge that we are dependent upon God and on other people, right? So it's also about thanks, giving thanks to other people as well. Uh, <laughs> as he shakes his head at me.
1: I mean, no. <laughs> well, I'm, I thank you, Nick. Well, there is, as part of the the humility, yeah. the, the recognition that, yes. So
0: do you think that there is—I I like that idea a lot. I like the idea that, that thankfulness comes from a true sense of of understanding how dependent we are, particularly on God, and, and that there are so many things in our life that we sh- could not provide for and just had mm-hmm. no ability to do. Um, we also talk about thankfulness, and, and another word that we use as a synonym is gratefulness, or being grateful. Do you—in your mind, do you see a— do you see a distinction between those two
1: at all? Well, I I have I have actively been ungrateful before. <laughs> I don't know if I've been unthankful.
0: Right, right. So it's almost like so that's that's a great way to get into the to, to what I wanted to say because uh I I I mean maybe this is a small difference uh and maybe it's a nuance that doesn't actually exist it might just be in my head but it seems to me that thankfulness is an active process that you are speaking something right or you are whether you're speaking in your heart or whether you're saying it with your lips to be thankful for something is to say thank you is to Mm -hmm. is to outwardly project that to another human being or to god but gratefulness is something that you internalize and feel right it's something that kind of rises up inside you you don't really speak gratefulness I don't know. it's it's more of a feeling than it is an activity. Being thankful is is to is to speak gratefulness
1: maybe. I don't know. Hmm. And that may not be an important distinction but I I'm I'm ex- I'm continuing to explore in my head how I use those words, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I have looked at my kids and said you're ungrateful. <laughs> you ungrateful. <laughs> you know, I've been told I'm ungrateful. <laughs> right, yeah. Um and, and what does that mean? Because I, mean- I failed to recognize that I didn't deserve what I got. Yeah. 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 So, so when we're not, or mm, I didn't deserve or earn, mm,
0: that you got something that you wouldn't have got if it hadn't been for somebody else. Right. Right. So, uh, you get called ungrateful when you don't express thanks. Whether you express thanks with your words or whether you express it by also returning favors. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm, So mm you can, you can say you're thankful without saying thank you, but, it comes from a place of being grateful. And I think also, like, along with what you said before, gratefulness is something that comes with humility. Like, it comes, it grows out of a, a humble heart, right? A heart oh, that, yeah. that says, you know. Uh, well,
1: it's hard to be prideful and thankful because you don't think anyone exactly. deserves thanks. Exactly, right? Yeah. Why would
0: I have to, have to thank you?
1: Because I provide for myself, um, right? Thank I mean, for I'm myself. The I'm the man, right? Good job, you.
0: <laughs> I can see. You getting up every day and looking in the mirror and be like, all right. Who's got two thumbs and did this on their own? This right guy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's hilarious.
0: How important is it for us as Christians uh, to be grateful and to be thankful?
1: I think it is a cornerstone of our Christian identity. Yeah. as part of recognizing that we do depend on God for everything. To be a person who is ungrateful and calls yourself a Christian, or unthankful and calls yourself a Christian, yeah, um, you're at odds with yourself. Yeah. Um, do you think it's possible that, that that you could be ungrateful
0: and not realize you're ungrateful? Is it possible that you have just forgotten uh, uh, that we can forget that? we are so dependent and just
1: forget to be grateful or thankful i think we get distracted distracted yeah, yeah. I, and I, and i think we lose track or lose focus um and start to get wrapped up in the wrong mhm in the wrong things I, I the 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 thing that i have to tell myself over and over again um sometimes i get concerned with how i'm providing for my family you know, my wife stays home. Yeah. I've got four kids and I have thoughts about, you know, am I doing enough? It, 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 am I doing everything that I can do? Yeah. And I do have to step back every so often and say to myself, you know what? I'm living in God's plan. Yeah, absolutely. It is not me that is providing. God is providing. I'm following the plan. Right, right. Um, and so I do have to keep myself from getting wrapped up in um, the material stuff
0: and and you think a spirit of gratefulness or uh of being thankful it helps you to do that helps you kind of step back and and realize that you don't have to control everything or that you are not in control of everything
1: yeah i mean because i mean it's cliched but really the count your blessings Yeah. yeah um how do we humanity has a bad habit of um that envy or jealousy looking at what other people have and thinking well why don't i have that exactly you know i'm just as smart as so and so and exactly yeah yeah yeah. and so you have to step back and go "I, i just what you have is probably great right you're probably doing fine yeah um and certainly compared to somebody. Sure. sure. I mean, if if right. you want to go down that comparison oh, road, yeah, yeah. well don't just look ahead, look behind. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, so I I um
0: and this is a comparison thing that really gets us. And I think it's hard for us to be grateful. I think I think, well, let me say it another way. When we don't start off with a grateful mindset and kind of view of our own life and the and those around us, um, we begin we begin to fall into that envy jealousy comparative kind of sin that is it, it, it is at the heart of a lot of violence you know whether emotional mm-hmm. or physical violence um, not only to other people but to ourselves um, but um, I heard somebody the other day I, I was I was eating at a restaurant or something and uh, I was hanging out with a, a few people and I ate something and I was like this is not. not good like it was like a chicken finger or something or chicken wing or something that was just like that was not good and the guy across from me said man that 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 was a that would have been somebody's best meal ever like that would have been somebody out there that would have been the best thing they ever had to eat and I thought you know that's true that's absolutely true and it kind of shifted my perspective on a chicken wing right which is not really the most important thing but this is if you do it like on the
1: small things like that it builds into the bigger things well that goes back to that old I'm sure your grandmother probably said at some point you know There's children in China that are starving. (laughs) Of course, yes. The children in Africa, right? You will eat right (laughs) what I have given you. I remember being like, cool, box it up and send it to them, you know? (laughs) Um, No, but that's exactly right. Well, and that comparativeness um, that leads to a sense of lack. Yeah. There is this mentality that comes out of that comparativeness of scarcity. Yes. That... um, there's only so much pie and I got to get my peace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that what the Bible teaches us is that God is about plenty. God is a God of plenty. He's a, yeah. He's God and of that, abundance, man. I came to give yeah. life and give it abundantly. Right. Right. Um, and so when that scarcity mind, you know, mm-hmm. s- like point of view takes hold and you start making comparisons and that kind of thing, then you're really living out of what God has called us into.
0: Yeah, that's right that's exactly right and but the thing is it takes uh it takes a level of trust i guess and a level of faith i suppose uh to to and know humility. that humility and humility right yeah i think you know trust and faith uh all those things require humility in in order to trust that god is actually going to provide when it looks as though you can't
1: see how it's going to happen right like or you you feel like you don't have enough well, and we get preconceived notions about how god is going to provide it sure right right um
0: because that's always the secret when we ask when we ask god for something we're always like but i want it exactly like this right, right. a b and c in that order don't you dare give me b mm-hmm. <laughs> before you give me a right uh and then when it comes about and it's not in that order and there's like a h and a g in there somewhere you know mm-hmm. uh we get a little frustrated um definitely definitely that's true
1: So with uh, scarcity and abundance in mind, I think as part of Thanksgiving, I want to talk a little bit about generosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this this may go down a road that feels a little uncomfortable. (laughs) As generosity often does. But I feel like (laughs) it's an interesting point to discuss. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. This happens to me maybe like once a quarter. Okay. I get in line at Starbucks, drive through chick-fil-a drive through, but most recently this happened at starbucks and i get up to the window to pay and they tell me that the car in front of me paid for my meal already okay okay now ah, free free food free food free coffee right right what's wrong with that okay <laughs> well because what if i don't feel like i need
0: the free food Ooh. So you felt uncomfortable like, accepting the generosity of someone else? So, like, for example... You think they saw your car and they are like, oh, no, we better get him some coffee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, at one point I would have thought that, but at this point, no. Um, oh, that poor boy. And Look so at what he's wearing. It's happened... At, yeah, I don't know. Like, what is the... Okay, so, that, exactly. All right, All right, so let's explore that for a minute. Okay. Like, what is the motivation of the person who pays for the food or coffee or whatever for the person behind them like why does it matter are they just trying to be generous do they think there's a need that they're trying to meet is it a is it a matter of poverty or is it just well, just just do something nice yeah yeah i mean or did the person in front of them pay for their food right right so you don't even know right but what is the motivation matter I would like to understand the goal.
0: The goal of buying your coffee for you? Mhm. Maybe there was no other goal than just to be generous and kind. Does there have to be a bigger goal than that? Why? Not yeah.
1: necessarily, but was that it? Yeah. What does it matter? Was the was <laughs> was the goal to be generous just to do a, you know, provide yeah. this nice gesture? Was there a limit? On their goodwill right. when they
0: offered it. If you had ordered like ten cups of coffee.
1: Like if my uh, has it ever happened to my wife when she's got that navigator L <laughs> packed full of children in the Chick Fil A drive-through? <laughs> Hell no. That's a sixty dollar order right there, bro. <laughs> what if they paid for like half of a- <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. But you know, me just sitting by myself in my little sedan. Uh, yeah, I think I can take care of this guy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs>
0: um that's funny you know your 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 uh your focus here on motivation i think and and this is by no stretch of imagination a, a psychology show uh but if i can be dr fraser crane for just a second
1: uh <laughs> you would be fraser <laughs> crane yeah, i know right i would love
0: it uh, i love that show anyway uh you know nicholas mm-hmm. <laughs> i think uh your focus on motivation might actually say something about your motivations like so maybe maybe what you're actually doing in, in being so concerned about the motivation of the car in front of you doing that maybe it makes you think about sub subcon- uh, you know subconsciously makes you think about your motivations for doing the generous things that you do mm. so in other words like maybe you're not as comfortable with or or maybe you're not as clear about what your motivations are for being generous to those who you think are in need or being generous to those
1: who have asked you from something, or, you know, just being generous,
0: like,
1: may, you, you know, you, you
0: see what I'm getting at? like I
1: do. And so I would respond in a few ways. I think one of them would be, um, this generosity that I have experienced has never inspired me to start that generosity. I was going to ask you, have you ever done
0: that? Have you ever, because this happens to you a handful of times a year, you said, have uh-huh. you ever... Then pay paid it forward to the guy behind you? All the time. Every time? Every time. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. Not every time, I have not done it it
1: when there's been no one behind me. Well, yeah. Okay. So... (laughs) Well, you you did, actually. It was just free. (laughs) So if we want to talk about the motivations... Yeah. ...of me, then. Yeah. All right? Because, yes, I am in this place where... I don't feel like I need somebody to buy the coffee for me, and so is this god's hand in some wild chain reaction and i'm just supposed to just keep passing it on you know
0: yeah well it, it, it to be fair just to give you a pass it would be impossible for you to pay it it there because there's no amount that they know to if there's no one behind you then there's no order to pay for it <laughs> Right. right i mean you could leave a 20 and be like whoever comes through here this it's all me next right well so, so, or, so as far as this will go this might buy the next three
1: people who knows so here's what i mean so, 20, not at starbucks but. so on this particular <laughs> right right so on this particular instance i got to well and then i don't know maybe somebody listening to this podcast i didn't even realize who it was in front of me yeah and they was like oh that's nick i'll buy his coffee this morning that i don't know could absolutely be there right? okay because it was at the right one right here on west paces or north parkway yeah so I got up there and they're like, "Oh, the car in front of you already paid." I was like, "All right, well, I guess I'll pay for the car behind me." Then. <laughs> <laughs> and the woman goes, "Oh, that's going to be eighteen fifty-five or whatever." <laughs> and of course, I got a Danish and a coffee, so I mean, it's Starbucks. It's probably nine <laughs> bucks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's double, but like, it's eighteen dollars. Yeah. It's not the, but I, I, okay, cool. That that's cool. That's cool. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. maybe this is, you know. So, but it left me with this sense of a little bit of like, I had this responsibility that I had to pay for the people behind me. So you couldn't just, you couldn't just accept. Yeah. I didn't feel like I could just be like, you know what? That's awesome. You know what? I will take that coffee. This might
0: actually be one of the big problems. We have generosity then. Because you're not the first person who said this to me. Um, and I, I have felt this way myself, being uncomfortable with someone's el- someone else's generosity towards you. We, 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 when someone is generous to us, especially when we feel like, I didn't need that, right? Because I take care of myself and I don't need well, no, I don't need no help from humility no one, right? the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's your pride and lack of humility that's making you feel in that moment uncomfortable, even though you didn't do anything. Right? So even if you didn't pay it for it, even if you just accepted the generosity, right? Oh, right. Then I would I have some guilt about not having yeah, paid no, it for it? Exactly. But, what, but why, why are you uncomfortable with the generosity in the first place? Because I think that could, be, that could get at the root of why people are not generous sometimes, in particular, or, I mean, in, 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 uh, in general. So, like, if we feel like we can't accept other people's generosity... That makes us less likely, either either less likely to be generous ourselves, or it makes us feel like we are the ones who are in control of the generosity, and we'll be the ones who are generous, right?
1: And so, then generosity becomes in itself a prideful act. Well, or or accepting the generosity is a prideful act because for me, it was coming from a place of I don't feel like I deserve this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. But it could actually... Then, well, then it got in my head of this chain reaction, like, will the person who actually does need it be willing to accept it? Right.
0: Well, and that, that's that's the fascinating part, though, because you felt like you didn't deserve it, you felt like you didn't need it, um, and yet you received it anyway, and that made you uncomfortable uh, because it because it it offended your sense of pride or your sense of uh, self-worth or something? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like... It,
1: I, this is fascinating. Like, this whole idea of. I don't know. I just, I get that. It it's happened to me a number of times. I'm just like, oh, that's cute. So, since they paid for mine, I guess I'll pay for the people behind me. And, oh, look, everybody's paying for everybody.
0: Because here, here's the two things that the two ways in which most people respond to the generosity of God, particularly in the act of the death resurrection of Jesus Christ, is number one, I don't deserve that. And I, I don't know how to accept that mm-hmm. because I don't deserve it. Or, I don't need that. Because mm-hmm. I can do this myself, right? That's the primary ways mm-hmm. in which the two primary ways in which people responded, at least initially, to the gospel story. So you're just to for a cup of coffee, you are responding the same way, like in a smaller way, but in the same direction as a lot of people respond to to the message that hey, God became a human being and died
1: for you and was raised from the dead. Okay, so I'm fine with raising the stakes on this, James. <laughs> Let's go. Then should, in hearing that story, have that, okay, first of all, has that ever happened to you? Someone paying for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, um, I know you spend a lot a, of time in a McDonald's <laughs> drive-thru. I used to. I used <laughs> to. to. I'm
0: a recovering McDonald's addict. Right. Uh, but um, uh, it, I, I want to say yes. It certainly has not happened as much as it's happened to you. Uh, But I, I think a few times, for sure. I don't
1: know. Am I a magnet for generosity? I don't, I don't, people just feel sorry for you, I man. don't know. Maybe. See, it's the Lord's hand in my life. <laughs> But maybe it has something to do with like, because you're coming from a house where you have four kids,
0: and you just <laughs> and you just got up, right? And you're coming into work after I'm sure helping to get the kids ready or whatever and rest. Oh with all no, that. I've done nothing. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna even. We're not. So I was I'm gonna not even try out. to pass a note.
1: I was gonna be like, maybe you just look tired. I'm leaving like, before anybody's awake. <laughs> I'm getting okay. out. All right, all right. But so you would say that I should not have any obligation to pay for the car behind me. I should be able to accept the gift. With humility, yeah, and as an act of generosity, just count it as a blessing. A blessing, yeah. And I I think this—we have a hard time doing this. I,
0: and we all—all of us struggle with this one way or another, like because we all start worrying about motivations. What are your intentions? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why did you do this? No, right. I'm real suspicious, right? Suspicious, right? We have this kind of what we call it. Uh, what's it called in academia? A hermeneutic of suspicion, right? This kind hermeneutic. of hermeneutic. Yeah, that's right. We have a way of seeing the world through suspicious eyes, and oh man, the world we live in now almost demands it, right? Pessimistic, and and just cynical, like cynical, cynical. Oh, yeah. oh yes, this mm-hmm. is exactly right. So. We have this kind of cynical view of the world, and so the only reason why someone would do something generous for us is because they're trying to manipulate us, because they're trying to uh, assuage their own guilt, their own sin. They're trying to make themselves mm-hmm. feel better. That's right. Yeah, no. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Or,
1: or, or, see or, if you can buy your way out of
0: this. There's like exactly. So there's no there's no uh, hopeful or or positive way that we can take that because we've been so trained in the world that we live in, and we've been so burned so many times before mm-hmm. that obviously this must be something wrong like why would you
1: buy my uh mocha latte (laughs) unless (laughs) it was definitely a pumpkin spice (laughs) Um, because as it turns out i'm a basic white girl
0: (laughs) so uh, so let me suggest this so i've 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 been um i've been making some some uh lifestyle choice changes in my life recently I, you know I turned 40 recently well hey, last year and uh, <laughs> and so kind of look looking around looking at my life uh, there were some things that I felt like I needed to change I like start working out and start eating better and and things like that and it created the whole the new rule that i have for myself which is go to bed the same day you wake up yeah beautiful i rule. love it yeah and excellent all of these rule. all of these rule changes are, and, or and let's just say lifestyle changes in my yeah, life really have built up and they've and they've paid off in ways that are huge for me like i have more energy who knew right who knew uh, and i you know i just feel better i probably feel better right now at the age of 41 than i have since i was 21. i mean honestly like i feel good um But one of the things I was thinking about is, well, what's your real motivation for doing this? Like, why are you actually making some of these changes or what, you know, what's going on in in your life? And what I realized was, and there's a bunch of stuff and there's a bunch of stuff in my life that, um, that I'm trying to work on. Uh, but you know, I asked myself, what's my motivation and what I realized, I don't know if this was the voice of God or if it was just the voice of Jay deep inside of Jay, but what I realized is it doesn't matter. who sounds like (laughs) Frazier. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but what I, what I realized is it doesn't matter. The motivations don't matter. Just do the right thing is what I tell myself And I kind of new mantra, hmm. right? Just do what's right and don't worry about what your motivation is. Fake it's, it till you say, make it. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing, right? right? Even if you don't trust your motivations, just do the right thing. Do the thing that you know to be right or the most right yeah. in any given situation and don't worry about why you're doing it. And eventually, I think those motivations will change and, and morph into uh, what they need to be, right? I think I, I don't know if that's true, but like fake it till you make it. That's kind of what John Wesley said. Basically, like, mm-hmm. if, you know, if you don't have faith, act as though you do and it will be given to you. Um, but not but not being so concerned about our motivations for doing things that we don't do the thing. Like,
1: would we ever get so caught sure, up? That right? you, OK, so now you're so wound up in it, you're not going to do any good, even if you were doing good for the wrong reason. Exactly. Exactly. You know, because if you get caught up in your motivations or particularly and that begins
0: with I think it begins with trying to question the motivations of other people and they probably don't even know their full motivations. Right. So how are you going to know? And then and then you get so caught up in their motivations that you begin to say, well, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do the same thing they did. You know, even though all they did was be generous. Right. I'm not going to practice that generosity, not just in this car line, but anywhere,
1: because I don't know. You know, I don't trust this that, or the other. And in that situation, generosity in a small way. Yeah. I mean, it. we're not talking tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> well. But. Um, the, it's the
0: small things that build up, though. Like, well, if you can practice generosity on a daily basis at Starbucks then eventually you get to a place where you can do it in big ways uh, on a monthly or yearly
1: basis, right? You know, like you can How do How did we not tee this up before the stewardship campaign James?
0: <laughs> well, well, it's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> but but, in all honesty, if you think about it, if you intentionally practice generosity in your life on a daily basis, isn't it something very small, like buying, buying the coffee of the guy who's behind you, and you do that intentionally every day, mm-hmm. then eventually when the moment arises where God needs someone to step up to be generous, whether it's financial or emotional or physical, like however it is that God wants you to give, like, or, or to be present or, or whatever, um, you will have prepared your heart in that moment mm-hmm. to say, here I am, send me, right? Here I am, let me be the generous one. Because you, you put the work in of practicing it. and It doesn't matter what the motivation was. The motivation is I want
1: to be like Jesus. <laughs> See, so similarly, I think I have had a practice in place where I've told myself, if somebody asks me, to give I'll give. Yeah. Um and when I think about that I'm thinking in terms of um somebody walks up to me at the gas station and says, "Hey, I'm trying to get to sure. somewhere and I need gas money and I'm out of gas and right. diabetic and uh-huh. you know the story." Yeah. yeah. Um and so I have tended towards sure I'll I'll buy some gas or I'll buy you a meal or I'll whatever, right. you know. I right. mean, I never have cash on me, so I'm not giving anybody right. like a 20 or something, but right. you're taking my um, card. Well. <laughs> um you know, I've kind of experienced the same thing here at the church every now and then, not often. You know, we have people come through and yeah. I try to do something. Right, right. Um, but there are, you know, much better equipped professional resources to really help sure. people in certain situations. Which we have in partnerships with in, yeah. in the community. So yeah. so they also get referred there. But um, in that way, I was trying to practice. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like. And what, what's what been the effect
0: of that? I mean, the impact of that on the way you see yourself or the way you see your relationship with God or other people as it
1: I think it's made it easier for me to be generous yeah. certainly in small ways yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um to, just to not to not not concern myself with where it's going or exactly what it's doing I'm, yeah. I'm you know and I know there's this whole conversation about how do you do um benevolence the right way right um because there are ways that it's not helpful but that has been a little thing for me and even even when it comes to you know we've all the time got the kids' friends over at the house, yeah, and I'm watching groceries run out the door. Um, and you just have to be like, no, that's cool. It's cool. I, 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 I want to share.
0: So, and I think that I think it's that kind of thing. Like you could, like you could sit back and question your motivations there, um, or somebody else who sees you do these kind of things could question and say, well, he's just doing that to make sure he doesn't feel guilty, right? He doesn't want to feel guilty. You know, he doesn't want to. He wants to feel good. You know, it, it feels good to give to people. Um, every Christmas movie we've ever seen tells mm-hmm. us that better to receive, better, better to give, give than receive, receive right? Uh, and so we, we know this is true, uh, and it creates a good feeling in us. So if someone could question your motivation, but ultimately mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what your motivation is. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I think that keeping that in mind helps us not feel guilty about feeling guilty, <laughs> you know, or, or, or feeling good about giving. I think sometimes people have that as a reflex, um, and maybe just not worrying about motivations as much, as long as what we're doing is good and right, then the motivation doesn't matter because I don't think we can ever fully understand what our motivations are anyway. Right. Like our intentions, who knows the spirit of God, but who even knows the mind of a human being? Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's something I've been thinking about in that term, uh, in, in, in terms of motivation, um that's that's fascinating to me that man the human mind the human the human spirit,
1: yeah, it can get twisted, you get really twisted, and it way. could be not at all what you think, yeah um <laughs> but you know to that end, and kind of going back to the original original conversation. Um, if you are the person that offers to pay for the person behind you in line at Starbucks, please let me know why.
0: <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> you, can, you can reach out to us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> Facebook. Leave us a message. Let us know. Like, what is going on with that? Why are you doing this? We have to know. Well,
1: I have never been so inspired. <laughs> Obvious or confused. Except for when I feel like I've, I have taken it as a thing that I feel like I have to respond to. Right. And I think that's
0: good. I think that's what generosity does. And I, you take it to on the, even on a small level, like someone buys your coffee, generosity inspires you to also be generous or respond in some way, right? Even if it's with da, 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 thankfulness, right? Or mm-hmm. gratefulness, right? Even if that's it. It, it, it inspires you to respond. And then when you think about it in terms of what God has done for us, right? When you think about it yeah. in terms of all, and I'm not talking about just salvation uh, or sanctification. Those are big, right? Those are huge. But in all the ways that God allows us to just breathe and live on this planet, like what now, how do we respond to the generosity of God? And this comes back in full circle, right? It comes back all the way back to mm-hmm. we are grateful people. We're grateful to God. And we express that gratefulness by saying thank you that's what our praise is about on sunday morning. Yeah. That's what every day should start with and end with, right? Is being thankful to God for allowing us to be on this planet in the first place, that generous act of creation that that, you know, that has inspired us all to be then to also be generous uh to others. I think all generosity at the heart of it uh comes from some sense of being grateful for what you have. Which is really interesting because you t- you brought up the scarcity, and the, absur- uh, the abundance. Uh, abundance thing, and it's so funny that when we feel like things are scarce, we are n- less grateful, and we are uh, stingy and we don't give. We, like, we want to hold on to everything when we think things are like you know it, uh, are scarce. But when th- we feel like things in th- are abundant, then even
1: when we have stuff, like we w- we just want to give it away. We just want to. So, and that's what creates the abundance. I'm trying to figure out the right way to construct this. Uh, let me just say the gist of it, and maybe we'll get there. Okay. Um, we may have a hard time giving out of our own pocket. But what we see in society is that it's pretty easy to give out of someone else's pocket. Okay. So whether that's through a benevolence program a government program like sure. when you when you are administering someone else's funds it tends to be a little easier to say oh yeah we'll do that we'll do this right, right. versus when, when you're alone. writing you're the, the check yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so when you can take the attitude that everything you have is God's there it is there and you're is. giving out a God's bank account oh and that's not good. your own
0: yes now
1: it's a little bit easier to part with stuff. That's exactly right.
0: That's exactly right. Of course, that gets back to humility, because yeah. here's the thing. Like most of us at the end of the day, we feel like we've earned what we have, that we feel like we deserve it, and we're entitled to it. like mm-hmm. it is a right that I have this. It's not a gift. but if we and so we want to hold on to it. That comes again, that comes from the scarcity thing. But if we think about it in terms of like like you just said, if we don't if we think about it in terms of this, we're just all stewards. Of, this, of these gifts that have been given to us, then it's much easier for us to write checks out of God's bank account, right? Right. That, that makes a lot of sense. I like that a lot. Yeah. There's a great song by Wilco called "Van um, Wilco. They're not a Christian band, but they have this song called Jesus, Etc. And at the end of it, there's this great line where it says, our love is all of God's money. Our love is all of God's money. So the way in which God spends himself in the world hmm. is through the way that we love one another. And that, that whole... Um, that whole concept of generosity and gratefulness, I think plays a huge role in, in how we love one another.
1: I mean, you've said this before, um, when we have the whole stewardship campaign and talk about tithing. You've said, well, actually, I think the New Testament calls us to give everything. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know, he's probably right about that. <laughs> um, and so you get the story of the widow's mite. Yeah. Where she only gave two coins, but that was the two coins she had. That was it. And particularly in this congregation. Yeah. You could be giving, you know, 5000 a 10000 20000 50000 $100,000. And it is... A huge donation sure but it's really nothing but what is it compared to what you have
0: and, and, and that's what the thing is man like and and this is this is what i would preach during stewardship month is is god, god doesn't need your money so number one god's gonna do what god's gonna do and 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 if the money is the issue for you then god doesn't need it because god doesn't need people to write checks that's not what god's asking for and that's not what a stewardship campaign should be centered on a stewardship campaign should be centered on the fact that you've been put. It's like Esther, right? So uh, Esther and Mordecai. You remember the story, of Esther and Mordecai? Yeah, we just did we, it. Just did, okay, us. Right. So Mordecai basically comes to Esther and says, "Look, God. You know, he didn't say God, but he, the Jews are going to be saved one way or the other, mm-hmm. right? But if you don't do this, you're going to die, mm-hmm. right? You have been put in this position one way or the other, right? And you've been put in this position to do this." So the way that you preach a stewardship campaign is to say, look, God's going God's to gonna fund Northside Church. God's going to mm-hmm. fund God's ministries across the globe. God doesn't need your money, so don't worry about it. But if you don't do this, you, if you don't recognize the position that God has put you in, then you are going to die. And it's not maybe a physical death, but it's going to be a slow and painful spiritual death. Where you are questioning things, you don't have peace. You have stress, and, mm-hmm. and your entire life becomes about scarcity. Because the only reason you don't want to give is because you want to clutch and hold on to the things that own you already. So, mm-hmm. if you want to be free of that today, open up your checkbook and write a check You're right, right, <laughs> right away. All of those things that are clutching onto your heart, right, mm-hmm. and give it to God. This is your moment. That would be effective. You want to see if Bill will give you a spot next year? <laughs> I'll be the last speaker. There you go. All right, All right Nick. Well, I think we're uh, we uh, I think we're done for the day, and uh, we got it done on Monday, and that's great. Thanksgiving's yes. coming up next week.
1: You got any uh, final words for the people of Northside Church? I'm excited to have this done on Monday. I love it that you know an everyday experience can bring up a conversation about that. that was good. The extraordinary. That was good. Totally unplanned, just, uh, just kind of off the cuff.
0: But uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful for you, Nick. I'm thankful for this platform. And I'm thankful for Northside Church. I love you, man. I love you, too. All right, guys. We'll see you. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll see you after that. Happy Thanksgiving.